Welcome along to episode 754 of The Mill Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show, we'll be talking to two Downton stars, Leslie Nicholl and Peter Egan, all about the work of Animal Asia and what they're doing to repatriate a number of brown bears back into a kinder society than the one they've known so far. We'll be hearing from Tom Roberts about his appearance in Treasure Island at the Telford Theatre, their panto this year. Nick Hewitt is along, of course, you know, from Countdown and all the other telly stuff that he's done. He'll be talking about the opportunities to become a magistrate for those who are aged between 18 and 74. Dominic Mills from Yup and Tony Martin from Celestial let us know about the fantastic event, which is going to be the drone show taking place at Warhampton Racecourse on the 14th of December. Neil Curtis is along to let us know about his advent calendar for 2023. We'll be hearing from Millie McIntosh all about Sambacol and also the way in which we can end up in a viral spiral when it comes down to our health in these uh, tricky, horrible, cold winter months, particularly when we haven't got enough vitamin D. And we'll be finding out about a ladies' night, which is going to warm you up very well and very nicely as we head through December. That's all coming up on the show this week. Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Treasure Island is the destination for the Telford Theatre over in Oakengate for their panto this year. Running from the 8th of December through to the 6th of January, a family feast of fun entertainment. I'm joined now by Tom Roberts to tell me quite what he's up to in the show. Hello, sir. Hello. How you doing? I'm all right. You okay? Good. I'm very well, thank you. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm at home, ready to ready to rock and roll. There you go. Well, rehearsals get underway, yeah. and before you know it, you've got an amazing piece of theatre on stage. And so this is the launch of many kids' visits to the theatre, and long may that continue. And Panto is just a wonderful way of doing it, and Treasure Island is going to be good fun. Well, I mean, you're right about about kids being the first one. My first one was, I remember the Grand Theatre in Wolverhampton went to see something, but I remember Little and Large were in it, which is showing my age. <laughs> but it is, it's it's such a great introduction, isn't it? You know, everybody says it, but it's the first time they go, and it, why not? It's wonderful. And Treasure Island, yeah, good ripping yarn. Uh, I don't know yet if I've got one leg in it or not, which we'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I think not. That'll be a good hop if I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, good old, good old, um, nice. I, I, baddies, baddies are better in my view. It's good know, fun to play the baddie because you, you get an audience yeah. interaction guaranteed all the way through the show, aren't you? You do, you do, you do. Yeah, yeah. And they love to hate you, you know, and hate to love you, and it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Oh, Long John Silver, fantastic role. I know you're going to mm-hmm. absolutely shine as that. But you've got some brilliant co-stars as well. We have, we have. Um, we've got, well, Ian Smith is the dame character, uh, Captain Smollett, um, who I did panto with him two years ago at Telford, actually, so he's he's back again. Uh, we've got Carl Dutfield playing Silly Billy, his, his sidekick. Um, Shelly Ann Rivers playing the mermaid. We have um, Amel Berabar uh, from Sugar Babes um, playing uh, the chief um that which which should which would be interesting and who else have we got we got well, x factor uh, sean, sean yeah sean smith yeah. from x factor sean smith yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so yeah it's not, and obviously a, a company of dancers and singers and uh yeah yeah it's it's ready to go yeah well i mean the ensemble they work really hard in a show like oh. this because they're, they're probably going about even more costume changes than the dame and yeah. they they get to really carry the production with all the a wonderful do. dancing and the, and the singing that comes out of them 
they do they add the color they're on stage most of the time you know they, they yeah i mean I, I come on and go off and i've got a, I, I think there's one i was trying to work it out i can probably get a cup of tea between between <laughs> one, a couple of the scenes so I, there are a couple of gaps for me but uh, yeah they work so hard yeah yeah but they've got youth haven't they well this is it i know you have still <laughs> just about i think we can, yeah. we can get there <laughs> Yeah, uh, the, yeah, yeah. The elixir is working, uh, but I mean, when it comes to uh, being part of a, a panto, you've got to be ready for the unexpected. I mean, yes, there'll be some brilliantly scripted ad libs, but mm. there will be some real ad libs as well, won't there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yes, you you learn your lines, obviously, but you kind of you do that knowing that it'll it'll be different every night because th things happen. You know, things are thrown at you. You've got to you've got to think on your feet. Um, and it, and it, and, it, and it will change you know and 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 you you it's 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 like nothing else you know i've just i've just done a play which is a, a proper serious play where you learnt the lines and said them and <laughs> didn't say anything else and with this you know you are going to say something else it's a different different beast altogether and i mean you must love doing panto and again in your neck of the woods too because you're living over in Litchfield, aren't you mm -hmm. Litchfield, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny because you, you you don't often work where you live. I found this in my career. I'd, I'd love to. I have done panto at the Garrick uh, a few years ago, but not for a while. So you tend to, you know, you you often work uh, far, further away from where you are. But Telford's okay. Telford's only an hour away. Yeah, uh, and, and then you've got the Grand as well, which is not too far. Birmingham, it's great. Yeah, and what I want to say the 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 way the the theatre works over there in Telford is is really nice as well. Uh, there's not an obstructed view in the place, is there? No, no, no. It's it's more of a well. It's it's also a music venue as well. So it's it's an, an arena feel to it. So it's it's banked up quite nicely the seating. So it, it yeah, it, it's good wherever you are, uh, and, and it's noisy. They the, the crowd make a noise. As we say, yeah, they're always good audiences over there, aren't they? Oh my goodness me, they are. Yeah. Especially the first week when the schools come in, it's a, mm. a big volume level. Yeah. Well, it's going to be absolutely massive, and uh, I know you're going to have a fun time with it. I, I can say break a leg because one of them might not even be real when you come to do it, might they? Yeah, break the one leg. Yes, that'd be. Good. But maybe not though, because then what? What do I do then? I'll have to sit down the entire show. Yeah, that would be awkward, <laughs> wouldn't it? So have a brilliant time with the Thank show, you, Jason. and enjoy the rest of the cast. Enjoy the, the the fact that the script's a bit flexible, and I know you will love it uh, as you head through. As we say, it is at the Telford Theatre. That's over at Oakengate. It is the 8th of December through to the 6th of January. Their box office is 01952382382. That's 01952382382. Telfordtheatre.com is the website, and it's going to be another amazing family panto, and I know people will be going to as many pantos as they can and this is another one this is going to be well worth getting yourself over there too tom roberts thank you for joining us thank you jason now we need to avoid the viral spiral to tell us more about what this even is i'm joined by mum and lifestyle advocate millie mcintosh good afternoon good afternoon how are you doing I'm good here. I hope we find you well and hopefully find you well without this viral spiral. I'm very well. And yes, luckily, I have been avoiding the viral spiral because me and my family have been taking Sambacol to help us through this tricky winter and festive period um, without falling into the constant cycle of illness, which is what Sambacol have named the viral spiral. Yeah, so, I mean, when it comes to this time of year, there's coughs, colds. Now we've got coronavirus, COVID knocking around, uh, in addition to the fact that there'll be all sorts of other nasties which will be lurking around at parties and anywhere else we seem to be. And uh, we, we loved it a few years ago when everyone was wearing masks, so that kept us safe. Without that in the main part this year, uh, we need to make sure our immune system is fully boosted and ready to go for the winter months. 
Absolutely. So I think anything we can do that add into our routines to help us be more resilient and to, you know, fight off these bugs and be less likely to get taken down by them. And if you do get them to just recover more like, faster and not spend much time, you know, having to miss out on all of the fun festivities that are going on at this time of year. Yeah, we definitely want fun, but there is a concern as well because people are genuinely worried about either passing these things on or you know, picking them up in the first place. Absolutely, and I think it's really important also to you know to socialise, but still be aware of the of the things that we learnt through that COVID period with the kind of you know how easy it is to spread things. And I'm definitely more conscious of it with my kids, and just there's a lot of a lot of hand washing that that goes <laughs> on still. Hand washing, hand gels, and all of those. And again, that's what we can do to, to physically fight it off. But if we do get caught out because of airborne bits and pieces, uh, again, it is the important thing that our immune systems are working as well as we can. And uh, due to our lack of sunlight, particularly at this time of year, the vitamin D, which is also essential alongside the vitamin C to keep our cells ticking over, can be somewhat hard to come by. Definitely. I think you have to just look at what we can do to try to boost our immunity, like obviously taking Sambacol, also, you know, getting enough sleep, drinking enough water, eating the rainbow, uh, you know, doing like spending time in nature, making sure you are getting a good amount of daylight. All of these things can really help as well. Mm. Yeah. And whilst you can't stop yourself becoming ill completely because of the uh, the fact that we will be exposed to these things, however careful we are. Again, coronavirus proved that to us. Uh, but it, it is important that we can deal with it as fast as we can. And it, overall, I mean, we feel fatigued if we're not getting the right vitamins and minerals anyway. So as you said, eat the rainbow and make sure we top up the bits and pieces which are harder to come by uh, means that we will feel better generally overall. Absolutely. That's my advice to everyone. So, uh, obviously, what have you got planned over Christmas apart from the hand washing? Apart from the hand washing, I'm very excited actually because we're going to Lapland, UK, and I'm taking the kids to go and meet. Well, they've they've met him before, but we're going back to see Father Christmas mm-hmm. and to help the elves um, in their workshop. And it's just a really cute festive day out. So I've got that coming up, and that gets me so excited for Christmas. I'm going to put my tree up at the weekend. And I'm going to be doing things with family and just, yeah, winding down a little bit, being cozy, very excited. And then I'm going away with my family because I've hosted the last couple of years, actually. So I said this Um, year, I'm going to do it a a little bit differently. A bit of you time, just a chance to relax. And this is, again, what you don't want to become ill over the Christmas period, which is the reason you're making sure that you you make the most of being a a year off. A hundred percent. But this year... The last couple of years, also, the children were very young. I had young babies, and now they're two and three. I'm kind of, I want to really enjoy this festive period without having a tiny baby attached to me. And and the girls are now ages where they can really get very excited by Christmas and actually understand a lot more what it's about. And it's bringing the joy to me. They will still be in everything, though, won't they? Whatever you've got knocking around, they will be there, here, there, and everywhere. Uh, it's going to be chaotic. It's going to be beautifully chaotic. I've already, I've already accepted that it's going to be chaos, but I'm very excited. Well, but at least it's a bit different. We're not seeing the home life on TV though. Now you can chill out and relax a bit more that way, can't you? Whereas in the past, obviously you've lived your life very much in public. You get a chance to get to chill. Yeah, there won't be uh, any filming going on. I'm going to have a very um, cozy, quiet private christmas i'm i'm really looking forward to that that does sound fantastic brilliant well you have a great time with that meanwhile where can we go for more information on the whole of this survey so we know we're not alone in worrying about the viral spiral so you can get more information um over on the sambacol website and you can go to boot stores to pick yours up 
So just look out for Sambucol. And we're spelling that S-A-M-B-U-C-O-L. And that um, way we, we can enjoy and you know, avoid the fear factor and enjoy Christmas knowing that we're doing our best we can to keep ourselves healthy, aren't we? Absolutely. It tastes great. My family love it. And I really recommend it. Oh, absolutely. Brilliant stuff. Let's make sure we're keeping well this Christmas. William McIntosh, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Have a great day. There are a number of A-listers, our celebrities are looking after animals. We all love our four-legged friends. When they wave a paw, we want to wave back. Now, there are some concerns surrounding bears, and to tell us more, I'm joined now by two stars of Downton. We've got Leslie Nicholl and Peter Egan. Good afternoon to you both. Hi. Hi. Hello. So, first of all, uh, I know, uh, Leslie, there's uh, a very personal story for you here, isn't there? Because uh, one of the bears that you're looking after is named after your late husband. Yes, yes. Um, well, just to try and keep this story not too long, um, Peter and I both, in, in case people don't know, we're ambassadors for a charity called Animals Asia. Um, they rescue um, abused bears from bear bile farms in uh, Southeast Asia. Um, and other things. They do many things for animals. We were there last July um, because they're opening a, a third sanctuary. There's two in Vietnam now because they're about to bring an end to bear bile farming in Vietnam in conjunction with the Vietnamese government, which is an incredible achievement. Um, so there was a ceremony to celebrate the breaking of the ground to start building this sanctuary. Peter and I were there. So we went to their sanctuary already. It's there in Tam Dao in Vietnam. We were in the Viet in the um, um, quarantine area, which is where they bring newly rescued bears. Um, they have to stay there for 45 days. It just means that it keeps everybody else safe till they're sure they're okay. So we were there and I was looking, they just um, rescued seven bears. They're in cages. They're in various stages of distressed because they don't quite know what's happening they're fearful some of them they call them their broken bears you know they were in different states of health but at the end of the seven cages there was this big rather gorgeous looking handsome charismatic bear sitting up on his hind legs playing with a piece of bamboo seemingly <laughs> reasonably happy um he was funny he was kind of quirky i started singing something to him he came to the bars he put his head on one side we had a kind of, a real sort of interaction. It, it was very different from the other six. And it sort of struck a chord in me that it, he seemed familiar. This may sound a bit bonkers to people, but it did. And it wasn't just me because Jill Robinson, who is the wonderful woman who created Animals Asia from scratch and has been doing it for 30 plus years. She knew my husband very well. I'd, I'd lost him two months earlier mm -hmm. um, in May, May last year. And I said to her, Am I going mad? Does he remind you of anybody? And she said, 100%. It's dogs, was my husband's name. So I said, okay, this feels like a special thing. I'd like to adopt this bear. He was called King. He was nicknamed King at that point. So he's now called King Dobbs. And Peter and I have just been over for another important celebration um, because they've just finished phase one of this new sanctuary so they can pull in all the remaining bears that are left on the farms. And um, we, we saw King Dobbs at length having the most glorious time. He's so, you know, settled and happy and he's turned into a very, very happy, important 
that sounds absolutely wonderful and a, and a lovely story. And, and no, we don't think you're mad. We think you're having, to, you know, it, 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 it's uh, you can always see the love of your life somewhere. And uh, yeah, with the personality that Darbs uh, uh, and King Darbs share, that sounds like uh, a, a true fitting uh, tribute, which is brilliant. Now, Peter, obviously, you, you've seen firsthand as well what's going on here. And uh, these, these bile farms, I mean, what are they doing to the bears in the first place? Well, I think it's worth mentioning um, that <clears throat> a bear's lifespan in the wild is usually around 30 years. Um, and they, are, they can travel up to 40 miles in a day in the wild. And I always think of um, bears as a keystone species. They're like the gardeners of the forest and they eat an extraordinary amount of plant life and um, they excrete quite frequently uh, throughout the forest and of course that creates a mound a wonderful mound of pleasure for all the bugs and stuff that come from it that mm -hmm. then go to the soil that refresh the soil and enrich the soil so they have they play a very very powerful part in um, the health of our planet to begin with um, so if you imagine this the amazing creature that can live for 30 years as I said being locked in a crush cage where it literally can hardly turn around. And some of them are kept in cross cage, crush cages for their entire lives, that's 30 years, and they go insane. And they have bile extracted from their gallbladder through an open port every day, and the port remains open, it becomes infected, it's incredibly uh, painful. I think that bile farming is the single biggest, cruelest animal welfare issue on the planet. There's nothing that we do and we do interfere with every other species on the planet us humans but nothing is as bad as um, bile farming it is inhumane it is so cruel and to imagine a, a creature that is so humorous and stoical being kept in prison for 30 years in a way that is uh, so anti all of its uh, uh, instincts is just uh, is appalling um, so what is remarkable uh, about Animals Asia, as Leslie has just said to begin with, is that they have finally, after about 25 years, got um, uh, Vietnam, the Vietnam government, to agree to end bile farming in Vietnam from 2026. There are about 300 bears installed on bile farms uh, throughout uh, Vietnam. And they've opened this second sanctuary um, in Bac Ma, which is outside the great city of Hue. And um, in the next three years, th 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 that will be developed and more bears will move into it. And they will, what is it I found amazing on this last trip that we had the great pleasure, Leslie and I, of being able, and it, it, this is under very controlled circumstances, of giving the bears their medicine. They have to have medicine every day. And um, so we were allowed to feed them their medicine. And they are, of course, behind bars in a cage. And as I was doing that, I was thinking how remarkable it is that bars, which will have been a threat to these bears all of their lives, and every time a human came towards them before they arrived at the sanctuary, they would recoil and try and escape because they know that something horrible was about to happen. But in this circumstance, they come and they lean on the bars and they put their mouth between the bars to receive their medicine, and they trust the humans who are dealing with them. And I just found that an extraordinary journey and arc for these most humorous and stoical creatures. They're, they are remarkable. I absolutely adore moon bears. They it does make you think, doesn't it, Peter, that if we'd been treated in that way, yes. would we be able to trust 
No, absolutely not. Either. Don't think so. He'd be mm. so scarred. But they are, they teach us, not being soppy about it, but they do. They really yeah. with their claws by the bars. They could yeah. easily take a swipe, but they don't. They don't because they, by no. now, they exactly. know something different is happening and they're okay. Mm -hmm. It's astonishing. Absolutely. I just would say one but other thing, one tiny thing that always, because if you just said, Peter, just to put it in context, when, when you say they can be locked in these cross cages for 20 more, sometimes Oliver the wonderful big bear was in for 30 years. If you're old enough, just for a second, think back 20 years. Just think, what were you doing 20 years ago? Just think how long ago was that? And that bear has had nothing going on except pain, nothing to do, nothing to think about for 20 years, day in, day out. It's a life sentence, yes, it's, it, it's appalling. I mean, it's worth mentioning that all of this um, interaction with the bears is under very controlled circumstances because mm -hmm. it is not encouraged. What is encouraged, this is only during a period where they are being given their medicine that we, that, that kind of contact happens. Yeah. When they're in the enclosures, the space is theirs and the enclosures are beautifully designed to replicate as much as possible the life in the wild. And they have climbing frames every day food is hidden around the enclosure so they're encouraged to forage mm -hmm. um, but they can't they... get back to being wild bears so easily because yeah. they've, they've been in that environment and you know, the, the the bile farming that's happening here is for traditional uh, medicine in in the region and obviously there are alternatives to that now and whilst yes you see the traditions of these people when it's causing suffering to these animals it obviously has something we have to move on as a population and make a change to clearly that is happening uh, through the work that's being done here and the support of you know compassionate celebrities like yourselves this is obviously making a huge difference so thank you for what you're doing out there where do we go to find out more and be able to contribute should we feel able to well you can google animalsasia.org um you can find wonderful films on youtube uh, you can follow them on X, what was Twitter, Facebook. Anyone can just, just Google animalsasia.org and all the information is there. And as Leslie said earlier, not in this interview, but in another interview, don't expect to be to see shocking material. You'll see the most wonderfully stimulating um, imaginative material. You'll even see baby moon bears having foam baths, which all every child I've shown it to adores they are so and actually one of the most exciting things you can do is live you can watch a rescue Absolutely. so this is happening a lot in vietnam now they mm -hmm. they, they go sometimes hundreds of miles because they've heard there's a bear stuff there on their own and you watch it live it's gripping television and you'll see that on x and on as you say on youtube you said earlier um also it's worth it is worth mentioning that um bear bile which does have a remedial use, is much better made synthetically and is much more effective mm -hmm. and doesn't carry all the infections that come with it when it comes from the open port in a poor bear. Yeah, so it is about doing this the right way and making sure we're protecting those creatures and, and allowing them to have their wildlife, even if it is through rewilding this sanctuary. It sounds like brilliant work that's been done here by uh, the, the the charity. Keep up the good work. Keep up supporting AnimalAsia.org. And uh, for now, Leslie Nicholl and uh, Peter Egan, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much.
There's a new drive to encourage business owners to allow employees to register as magistrates. To tell us more, I'm joined now by company director and also TV presenter, Nick Hewer. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, sir. So tell us a, a bit about this campaign then, because uh, becoming a magistrate sounds like an, an intriguing addition to somebody's CV. It is. It's it's interesting. Uh, there are lots of uh, magistrates out there, but you we always need more because others retire at 75. So there's always a need for more. But there's some research, a rethink about magistrates. Who do we want to apply to become magistrates? And, and a couple of really extraordinary things have emerged from this research. First of all, there's a lack of awareness among employers that having an employee as a magistrate benefits the employer. And you say, well, how's that possible then? It's very simple because an employee goes off to be trained as a magistrate over the weekends, two or three weekends, whatever it is. And then they sit on the bench and they accumulate tremendous skills that they can then carry back into their day-to-day -day job. Skills such as critical analysis, such as mediation skills, such as decision-making, such as you know problem-solving. Now, it does a number of things. It helps the employer because the employee is better at his job or has got more skills. It helps the uh, employee because self-confidence and uh, self-esteem builds and also it helps the community but over and above the fact that employers benefit community benefits and the uh, the employee benefits it also we need to broaden the sort of base of magistrates we need to make sure that just regular people who today say oh it's no it's too difficult i i wouldn't be good enough i don't have a degree i'm not sure about this it's not for the likes of me we've got to stop that we've got to stop that we just want decent regular working people who are fair compassionate open-minded to apply and what you've got to do frankly is to get onto the website, which is ICanBeAMagistrate.co.uk. What could be simpler than that? To discover what's involved. Basically, it's 13 days a year in full days or half days, whichever way you want to do it. You work that out with your employer. The employer, generally speaking, who wants to make a commitment to the local community will keep your pay. Some won't, but most would, I would imagine. And suddenly we've got people of much broader base who get what's going on in the town you know at sort of grassroots level Are you with me because in the past of course magistrates were withdrawn from the professional classes perhaps a little bit more distant from you know the average working man so his Majesty's Courts and Tribunal Service are currently looking for around 2,000 magistrates across the UK. That's right. And uh, that sort of number is, is quite huge. So it, it, it's what sort of cases would a magistrate try? Because they're not a judge, are they? It is it is a local level uh, court. Well, in, in a sense, of course, they do take a judge. The, the criminal magistrate's court, most criminal cases kick off in the magistrate's court. So, for instance... Um, somebody who appeals against a, a driving conviction will be tried to the magistrate's court, you know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But also shoplifting or um, more physical crimes start off in the magistrate's court. Um, it's it's the basis, really. It's the lower court. And, and 
more serious cases are certainly heard there and then bounced up to a higher court where a jury, for instance, would be required. Mm -hmm. So it was basically this is the reason why we're looking for this number is because it is limited to 13 uh, sitting sessions each year. And uh, that way it keeps a, a good broad cross section of people from our communities actually giving back to the community by helping in exactly. the court service here. But but also it's, a, it's, it's about having peers. You should be looked at or your case should be looked at by somebody who is also from your community. Absolutely right. And because of that, from your community, they understand the pressures that your community is under, that the people appearing in the bench, before the bench, uh, are subject to. My brother was a magistrate for many, many years, uh, employing lots of young people. He had a landscape gardening business. He was the perfect magistrate because he understood what was going on at that sort of, you know, age group and that 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 wage earning level. He understood it. Um Another friend of mine has a sister. She's a manager in the NHS Trust in Portsmouth. She's only 31, 32. Excellent, because the NHS Trust likes people to volunteer to be magistrates because they learn skills that they bring into their job at that NHS Trust. They can then, when they're recruiting more people for that NHS Trust, they can say, look, we understand what the community needs and we encourage people to volunteer as magistrates you know there are all sorts of benefits for the employer for the community and also for the employee who wants to become a magistrate so and we it, just we want to sorry i'm sorry we want to broaden the sort of base both uh from working people from backgrounds and from ethnic backgrounds too of course it's got to be representative of the the national community yeah, we want to see a true cross-section of the communities and also see that, uh, you know, this is going to help people. It, it's a, it, it look will look good on your CV as well. And you know, if you're going to a, a new employer, they're going to see the skill set that you bring there. And it's about Absolutely. communication skills as well. And the importance of those in this digital world is even more important. Absolutely spot on. No, it's it's I think it's going to work very, very well. This campaign, I think, is it's well founded on the research and it's just it just makes sense, makes sense for the three parties, the community, the employer and the employee. So something to look out for and consider. And if you have got a you know, often we end up with an annual assessment. I'm sure you've done many of those in your time with your employees. And, you know, you know where do you want to go as a person? And this would be a great one to, to suggest to people within your business, too. Absolutely right. And learn all about it on that website. I can be a magistrate. That really sort of spells out because we're not looking for high flying blokes or girls with you know phds in 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 philosophy or anything we just want regular people well balanced citizens fair minded compassionate open minded people to sit in judgment on their peers so yeah i mean if you have got a phd you're still more than welcome to join but it is absolutely no essential there are no qualifications listed for this apart from being a compassionate human as part of the community and uh, i say everyone from across the community is welcome once they've uh, turned 18 you got it spot on well nikki thank you for joining it's good to speak to you and uh, we look forward to seeing how this campaign goes indeed many thanks for your time thank you
with the amazing night planned for the 14th of December at Wolverhampton Racecourse when Celestial and Europe will be bringing the skies to life with the story of evolution. It's something that loads of people are just absolutely desperate to see. Somebody who has seen it already because he's the CEO and founder of Yup is Dominic Mills. Hello, sir. Hello. So, obviously, great times ahead and the start, really, of, of a new type of entertainment. Absolutely. We're very, very excited about this show. As a company, our job is to introduce people to spectacular experiences and, and this is uh, going to set a new bar I think. Absolutely, now we've seen some of your work but people have only had a little flavour of it, uh, there's been all sorts of events that you've been uh, involved with with the team at Celestial, so, so what's happened so far? So uh, the uh, event that you're about to, to see uh, preview tonight is a spectacular uh, 60 minute drone show um, and with a build up before that of lights and music and the show tells the story of evolution. So uh, it's a narrated story with a, a cinematic soundtrack and it tells the, the story of the Big Bang and, and um, uh, might see some dinosaurs in it. It's going to be a spectacular show. And, and this is part of it. There is something there for all the family. And it is the sort of show that, I mean, historically we've seen fireworks uh, shows and obviously you've worked alongside those and, and Celestial have worked alongside those. But when it, when it comes to telling the story of creation, uh, it's, it's, it's obviously a, a bigger thing here. This is uh, obviously huge when it comes down to the type of entertainment we're seeing, but it's only recently become technologically possible to even do this. Mm. Absolutely, and of course there's an environmental angle as well, which is uh, th what we can see behind us is a, a far more environmentally friendly way of, of putting on a show, which is something we all should be thinking about. Mm -hmm. And so I think audiences will see a mix of science and art and obviously amazing technology, as you said, come together in the show. Yeah, a sustainable way of seeing lights in the sky. And, and when they are up there as well, I think... the. The, the magic of it is, if you think about what's happening, you've got little dots of light all creating these amazing pictures, and it's how that can tell a story. I mean, we're on the, uh, the, the, the verge of something here that when people first saw television invented, I mean, this is the sort of you know, life-changing stuff, but in entertainment form for, for the masses. Absolutely. I really see this as the, the kind of future of entertainment. You can imagine this uh, concept uh, and, and the technology being used across um, a whole range of uh, different shows and, and that makes it really exciting and, and also of course the fact that most people who see this show won't have seen a drone light show in 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 person they might have seen it on the tv or on youtube mm -hmm. uh, but it's quite another thing when you see it uh live and, and when you see it with an audience of, of tens of thousands yeah and I, I think it's that shared experience again as well that you, you don't yeah. get that anywhere else when it comes to a show like mm -hmm. this absolutely and we hope that uh people will uh, come along to this show with family and friends and it'll create real memories for them whether you know they'll talk about it for uh, for years to come do you remember the time we saw saw our first drone light show mm -hmm. and what else do you do How, you know, what else should we know you for so uh, we work with nearly 500 different experience hosts and they range from individuals who are putting on smaller scale experiences it could be foraging or beer making or candle making all sorts of different things right the way through to much larger events like the one we're partnering with Celestia on for tens of thousands of people and the thing that they all have in common is that those hosts are incredibly passionate about what they do and they're sharing their passion with with others and that's the thing that makes it so exciting that people can discover all these new experiences in their um, community across the West Midlands and um, 
you know, go, go out there and discover new things to do. Mm-hmm. Well, you can see more of what Yup are up to at yup.co, Y-U-U-P.co. Wolverhampton-racecourse.co.uk is how you get your tickets to if you want to see what's going on with the drone show. But search all of that, find out what's going online, and really look forward to what's going to be a massive event for the city of Wolverhampton on the 14th of December. Absolutely. We're very excited and, and looking forward to uh, being there on the 14th of December. Well, Dominic Mills, CEO and co-founder of Yup. Thank you for having an answer with us. Thank you. I'm with Tony Martin, co-founder and CEO of Celestial, the team behind the amazing drones which are going to be taking to the air across the city of Wolverhampton on the 14th of December, bringing light to tell a story. And you must be so proud to be part of this, and it's such an amazing experience for those who come to see. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a real journey for us. I mean, beforehand, we've done lots of amazing shows around the world for other clients this is the first time we've created a show specifically for an audience and specifically for this time of year so i think it's going to be really good fun uh, it's going to be certainly going to be something that no one's seen before mm-hmm. um, and the way we put it together with a beautiful soundtrack some stunning visuals uh, telling the story of evolution from the big bang all the way through to the dawn of man because yeah, we've started to see light shows appearing and light trails in particular mm-hmm. over the last few years but this takes it one step further doesn't it, it it really does. I think the fact that this is moving, the fact that we can tell a story, and the fact also that we're getting people to look up. You know, we're, as as a species, we're so used to looking down at our phones <laughs> now that it's really nice to look back up, re-engage with the stars, with the sky above, and actually have that shared sense of wonder of everyone experiencing this amazing thing all at the same time. Yeah, and as so we're looking at evolution, and the, the lights sort of evolve as you go through. I mean, you do see that evolution, the way things change as the drones take on new shapes. You do. You see, actually, we start with a single drone and we end with a single drone and evolution is portrayed in between those two single drone points. So everything from early cells and how they separate through to amphibians, through to dinosaurs and through to primitive man but education and entertainment and an amazing night i think so yeah we we try to tick both boxes you know we love it when families arrive and especially the little kids are looking up and going what is it what is it oh my goodness it's a dinosaur you know that kind of feeling Mm -hmm. and also we like to to sort of touch the parents with a little bit more emotion than that so oftentimes with all of our shows the parents are getting a different deeper sense of what's going on and and the entertainment uh, you know affects them in a different way but kids are always like oh wow that's amazing and the drone themselves i mean they are amazing bits of kit i've had just to see one on the way in yeah and they're actually a large number on a field behind us even mm-hmm. as we speak and uh, with the preview i'm very much looking forward to seeing uh, obviously this is something which it which is new and different i mean people play with drones at home but this is the, uh, the the same as having i don't know a domestic microwave up to the the the, the one that caters for thousands in you a restaurant what? that's partially true but in and of themselves the drones themselves are pretty basic they are flying light bulbs Mm -hmm. and each drone each one of these hundreds of drones that we're putting into the sky tonight does not know where the other drones are Mm -hmm. but they are told where specifically to go and they can fly with very high levels of accuracy so each one of the drones can position itself to plus or minus 10 centimeters in three-dimensional space it knows where it is uh, and we go through an awful lot of safety checks prior when we're creating the animations to make sure that they do avoid one another mm-hmm. and you know all of those safety measures are well and truly in place. So it's all in the maths behind it which makes a difference? It's all in the maths behind it and regardless of how many hundreds of drones there are in the sky tonight, worth bearing in mind there are only two pilots controlling them. That is impressive. It is pretty amazing. So there's a, there's a, there's a primary system and there's a secondary system 
They're both fully redundant, meaning that if one goes down, the other one can take over. They work on completely different frequencies to communicate with the aircraft. It's an extra level of safety that we've got that kind of ensures that whatever we do works perfectly. Additional to that, we've got an invisible fence or two invisible fences around the whole display called geofences. Mm -hmm. And if the drones touch any of those geofences, it triggers a certain type of behavior, again, for safety. Yep. And we've never had an instance where, where any of our drones have touched those geofences, but they cannot penetrate them. They cannot go through those invisible force fields around the display. Yeah, I mean, that protects them because like an unexpected gust of wind, that sort of thing. You All know that, that you're stuff. covered. Yeah, I mean, just like fireworks, you know, like there are wind limits. Mm -hmm but we're certainly I mean, going to be within the wind limits. There's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. um, so it's very unusual for that to happen, but it, it just codes for anything, whether it's electrical interference, other frequencies that are being used locally, whatever it is, those geofences protect us and everybody else. So when a minicab goes down the road, we know we're safe and sound. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It works. So all the drones follow the minicab <laughs> to the destination. No, that does not happen. No, that, that does not happen. <laughs> you will get your light show. There will be no interruptions. <laughs> but uh, again, this is something which is, is wholly new. Mm. And again, you, it must be great being at the forefront of something like this. It's incredibly exciting. I've run a few technology companies in the past. I've got a background in the creative sector. I used to be in the music industry. My co-founder, John, he used to be in the film industry. For us, this is the sweet spot. This is where technology meets creativity, mm -hmm. and it couldn't be more cutting edge. And that's what's really exciting. We're doing things that people have not done before. And you can't get more widescreen than painting an entire sky with light. The sky is the biggest screen any of us can ever hope for. Well, it is <laughs> absolutely amazing. It will be awesome. Wolverhampton Racecourse is going to be the venue. Yup.co is where you can get your tickets. Also, wolverhampton-racecourse.co.uk to check out the details there. It is Thursday the 14th of December. It will be truly awesome. A sight not to be missed. Get yourself down there. Grab your tickets and have a brilliant time. Tony Martin, co-founder and CEO of Celestial, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Just as it gets really chilly towards Christmas, uh, there are some boys who are going to help warm you up. Anthony Hall is here to tell me what he's got going on with the Christmas Ladies Night with his very talented young men. Hello, gang. Hi, Hi mate. Right, so first of all, uh, Ant, tell us uh, a bit about what is happening here. Okay, so we've got the Ultimate Ladies Night uh, presenting the Christmas Ladies Night um, on the 23rd of December. Um, a lot of people ask us, why is it Ultimate? Uh, why is it the, the number one? UK's largest ladies' night is because, you know, we are different. Uh, we're bringing summer back to date uh, with a lot of glitz and glamour. Um, I've got this vision um, of bringing a bit of, like, you know, the feathers, the spangles, uh, proper showbiz, a bit of cabaret, a bit of circus, all involved in this ladies' night. Well, I, I, that sounds absolutely amazing. I mean, let's, let's go around the rest of the gang. I mean, Conrad, uh, we, we know that you're bringing some amazing moves to this show. Uh, apparently so. He's chosen us wisely. And um, when I saw the people who were on there, I'm like, yeah, OK, this is really is going to be an ultimate ladies' night. Um, yeah, I've been in this game for, for quite a bit. And I don't mind saying that, um, yeah, this one's got me pretty excited. Yeah, still drawing in the punters. That's what counts. Uh, David, oh, I mean, you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> David, you've taken a bit of a break and come back to this as well, haven't you, sir? They got desperate, so the uh, stunners slapped, so uh, <laughs> I joined back in. <laughs> now, uh, okay, I had six years out, so uh, I've still come back this year, but, yeah, back uh, doing what I love, really. And, you might even have to retire like a road, man. <laughs> 
Zach, obviously, we've got to talk to you next, mate. Uh, so uh, what, what's what's going on with your game in this one? What are you bringing to the show on the night? Uh, lightness. Um... <laughs> That's usual. <laughs> No, I, I, I just I just wing it. So when I get, I just wing it. I just have a feel on the night. That's what you're going to get. I think what you mean is you play to your audience. You see what's going on, and then you take the the crowd by storm. Yeah, I just wing it, like I said. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> just going to get again. Same difference. Same difference. Uh, I don't <laughs> know. Uh, so, so again, and uh, obviously raising funds for an exceptionally good cause with all of this. So give us the details on that one. We are indeed. So we are going to be raising funds for West Park Stroke Cycling Group, uh, who work very closely with stroke survivors around the West Midlands. Uh, not only do they do the cycling, but they also do like garden activities, day trips, uh, you know, giving them that bit of normality back into their lives. It's something that's very close to my heart, um, as you know, because my dad having a stroke back in 2019. So I feel it's right that we give something back for, you know, the support they've given to my dad. Yeah, uh, We've got a great team. Uh, we're looking forward to working together on this show. Um, and onwards and upwards to even bigger events around the UK. Well, we know that you've got plans for 2024. We will uh, no mm-hmm. doubt talk about those. And it's all, all homegrown in, in yeah, Wolverhampton and heading out across the UK, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, so, I mean, normally if, if we're talking to uh, a, a cast of a show, we ask them what their favourite track is in the show. I mean, when it comes to you boys here... Uh, I'm not sure how, how what, what we can ask. I mean, uh, uh, comrade, favorite favorite move, favorite track, favorite uh, reaction. Mine, Sex Machine. That's yeah. it, James Brown, period. Uh, Game I, over. And before you know it, you're driving him wild. Pregnant women. No, my, <laughs> mine, mine's comrade when he does one, two, three. Uh, uh, what is it? The Land of a Thousand Dances, that one? Yes. I love that yes. one. Really. Yeah, that's my favourite. That is one of my favourites. Another thing that makes us all, like, I'd say, not well, not different, but we're all the same. We all live quite local. We're all quite, we're all local lads to the Midlands. But I think a lot, of, well, Conrad especially, has been around a lot longer than us. But, like, we're just, he's, he's you know, he's been, God, he's been a legend in the business for years. And I think... Um, just getting someone like him on board for us, it's going to be massive for our show to keep up, keep the, the lads who haven't done audience sizes like this before. It's going to keep them all like a bit of a calm and influence in a sense. Mm-hmm. So, and we're all, we've all, you know, me, me and Ryder, me and Dad, we work together most weekends. Me and Comrade have worked together a load of times. The other lads, PJ, you know, all the other lads that we've got Tyson on, we, we all, we all know each other really well. So, we all know as well what our limits and strengths are and what our weaknesses are. And I think we kind of like iron out each other's weaknesses and strengths. So that's what I think. And, you know, it's, it's going to be good. I'm, I'm really excited. Now, I, I know uh, your I'm... audience is going to love it. I know the reaction to when you guys have worked on similar events in the past have been absolutely awesome. I think this Mr. Hall's involvement as well, bringing all that together with the fire eating and the magic of the circus. To, he's, uh, it's, it's about having the passion to go out there, give everyone a good night, be part of the entertainment and have a great time. And uh, so, I mean, I've got to ask David someone else who's just sat there saying nothing pretty much. So, uh, I mean, it, it, is there a costume, like an outfit that, that defines you when it comes to your work? Um, to be fair, it changes because I think... It... Costumes, you, you do get used to them so much. You have to freshen it up. But uh, at the moment, I'm doing American Cup. But I've done, I've done various firemen, army. So it all depends. I think, I think most of the lads all have have the same issue where they they get used to a certain certain image for so long that they want to freshen it up. So they they, they just keep changing it up really. But um, 
to be fair, anything along the hip hop route, really. So, regardless of what pressure I come down, it always ends up with a snapback on and got nothing on. So, it doesn't really matter what where to start with, it ends the same. And it's it's always appreciated by the gathered throng. That's the way we like it. Okay, and uh, give us all the details on uh, where we're going to, what we what it costs, and who's invited. So yeah, um, I just want to say something as well. Like as the guys are here, um, it hasn't been an easy selection. Um, we've gone around and we've watched various guys at the you know doing what they do best. Um, and I only wanted the best of the best uh, for this show. And as you know, in my background, working in panto and working in circus, you know, I know how to put a show on, I know how to work a show, uh, but it's about finding the best of the best to, to, to give us the ultimate ladies' night. Uh, but, yeah, it all kicks off on the 23rd of December. Uh, doors open at 7 o'clock, show starts at 8 o'clock prompt. Uh, tickets are available from Ticket Source from the venue, uh, which is ECC Sports and Social Club and Shoal Road, Wolverhampton. Um, we are on Facebook. Just simply search the Ultimate Ladies' Night and you can get the tickets through the Facebook page as well. So get yourself down there, get yourself ready for Christmas in the naughtiest way possible. Uh, including, oh, according to this poster, some elves in the buff. I'm not entirely sure what that means. Uh... <laughs> well, yeah, we've got a lot of surprises there, obviously, because, it's, because obviously it's Christmas. We have got the naughty Santa. We have got the elves in the buff. Um, and more yeah, tinsel than you know what to do with. Let's just leave that there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's where you put in the fairy lights, it worries me. Thank you, gang. Have a brilliant time, and we look forward to you entertaining the masses on the 23rd of December. Thank Thank you. You. Are you going to come and join Thank us, you. Jason? I'm, I'm washing my hair that night, but otherwise I'd be there. Ah, right. <laughs> and big up WCRFM. Big up. Can you get that DID? <laughs> yes, you can. Now, it's that time of year when Neil Curtis is always up to something, uh, whether it be an advent calendar or work, which you can enjoy giving as gifts to your friends and family for Christmas. Uh, he is here to tell me more about what's going on, although he is hiding behind Santa's beard, it seems. What are you up to? Yeah, hello. I grew a beard. Can you see? It? No, uh, I, I wanted to get into Christmas mode. You know, right. I wanted to get into advent modes. <laughs> but, uh, can you I'm get living the house. Living the hat, living the beard. Why are you in that mood? Because it's uh, Christmas time and I wanted to get into Christmas time mode uh, because as always, as each year, I make a Christmas uh, advent calendar and it's a very cool session this time. Oh, and by the way, I'll take it off. We can hear you better that way. We've got the the real beard now. (laughs) Now I've got a real beard. Yes. So uh, what's involved in this uh, this advent calendar this year then? Yes, uh, this year's advent calendar is going to be a very cool session. Uh, it's going to be very black and white, uh, but uh, it's also a very messy session. Uh, and it's a very special session for me because uh, this uh, model is a very good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, what can we expect? I mean, we're used to your uh, replacing clothes with paint. Is that the starting point? Yes, uh, it's actually uh, a session from a project called White Shell. Mm -hmm. And in the White Shell project, I paint someone with white paint and then I let it dry and then I peel it off. And unlike in the Replace Clothes with Paint project, uh, I'm... uh, I don't want to have a distance. I want to have more like uh, 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 a very close uh, um, 
uh, approach to the whole thing. And um, yeah, the session is uh, uh, very intimate, I would say, uh, but of course not in a sexual way, in a non-sexual way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, the close as you can be with someone who is a, a friend as well as a colleague in this case. And this is just the, the tip of the iceberg with your current work. The advent calendar draws people into the rest of what you have going on. Yes, the idea of the advent calendar is to um, bring attention to the topic, bring attention to my work. And by the way, I've always promised the people to give them a, a supporters book when they make a donation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and guess what? It's here. Wow. Yes. So starting from now, everyone who donates uh, to, to the project who becomes a supporter uh, will will really get the first 10 sessions as a supporter mail, uh, book. Okay, so you can see how it's done and uh, the way in which the, uh, the 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 project comes together. I mean, as you say, this is this isn't a sexual thing. It looks at the human form uh, in a very different way. I mean, we're used to you know paintings throughout the years, often depicting men and women uh, in you know, physiques as a, as a way of showing off the human anatomy. Uh, you take that to a different place and uh, look at hiding it with paint, yet ex- using that to expose yeah you know, what it is to be human. Yes, I mean, we are all born naked. And um, for me, especially, you know, I do body painting since a long time now. And, and I, I didn't want to make these compromises of, of hiding uh, genitals or, or whatever. You know, we we're born naked, and especially in art. You know, there are so many people who make art and the art is showing the, 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 the body as it is. And I also want to uh, work like that because I think that's the most logical way. And also, especially now in these times, you know, when you look around, the people are so serious and everything is, I feel like everything is, is, is going like in a, in, a, in, a, in a difficult way. And I think we should be more open. We should be more relaxed. We should be more um, enjoying life and not destroying it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, I know that uh, you've often made a, a political statement through your artworks, and uh, you know it, it's a, it's an approach which you've done uh, live as well. And when this happens, and you see this work taking place in front of you, it must be amazing for the spectators. And then to be able to relive that through the videography that you produce, uh, which is the main medium for distributing this, because you you can't hang one of these pieces on on the wall and, unless it's been recorded. Yeah, that is uh, one of the pro- problems I actually have because every artist would just draw a picture and then he would uh, sell the picture and, and he could maybe earn some money with that, you know. But I cannot uh, sell a painted body. <laughs> it's a bit difficult. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm relying on support, you know. I'm, I'm relying on response. And I will also, like, this uh, book... Uh, made me uh, actually very curious about what I could do more. And starting from from now on, uh, if someone redonates, if someone makes a, a second donation, I'm actually uh, sending uh, the, the, uh, out an, a new, I call it like magazine or, or, or collector's item or whatever, mm-hmm. which is called Redonate. And it's, it's like... A, an exhibition catalog, you know, and this catalog also shows two sessions of my work. And it's actually 
for me, it's very, very cool because I'm usually working with video and video is a very uh, nice uh, medium, but uh, I've always dreamed of doing a book and uh, making a book is very difficult because you need a publisher, you need distribution, you need a printing company, you need to invest lots of money. But we are now in a time of internet, of digital media. And I thought, why why don't I make something in, in this area? And I don't want to, to use like Twitter or uh, Instagram or, or all these media where your media is just like, it's like you, you throw it in the air and it gets uh, it disappears you know this is social media mm-hmm. um and this project called uh read uh redonate is a, a project where i show two sessions and i can show them in a way that i could never done before and it's almost like a book especially when you use a ipad or or any device mm-hmm. um and uh yeah it's a, another way of my art to show people my work and Mm -hmm. for me it's uh, very important that uh, people respond to my art and then they see my art and also discuss my art you know i also for example this this year i made a few experiments where i pushed my models quite far so for example we were in berlin and um we walked around like my model was completely naked and we made photographs and it was a very interesting experience uh, to see how people reacted to my painted nude model. Mm-hmm. And guess what? What do you think? How did the people react? <laughs> uh, I'd say positively. Yeah. Yeah. So people, of course, some part ignored us or, mm-hmm. or just let us do whatever we want. Other people came to us and they say, it's great. And wow, why? How? How do you? have the courage to do that, you know, and no one responded in a negative way. And that was very, a big surprise for me. But certainly one to do in the summer months in Berlin and not, uh, not the winter months. No, actually I, we made uh, something similar in Vienna a few years ago in winter. I had a a model over here, um, which was an ice diver. And I said to him, well, if you're an ice diver, what if I paint you and you make ice diving in Vienna? And he did. And it was also very interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, there's obviously a lot of your work there. And uh, in you know, photographic form as well. I know prints are available of some of your work. Uh, also, I mean, are we looking at non-fungible tokens, NFTs becoming a thing for you in the future? Well, Jason, you know what happened in this area, didn't you? Don't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It doesn't always work very well. We all thought, well, NFTs, we we are jealous that some people have put lots of NFTs out. And now many of them are not worth anything. Mm -hmm. So maybe this is the future. Yeah, we shall see. (laughs) NFTs on the iPad. Mm -hmm. So let's see what happens. So where do people find all of your work? And of course, how do they donate or re-donate to get involved in the, 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 the... the almost physical uh, appearance of this work. Yeah, well, first of all, I want to say that uh, all of my work is also able to to be seen without paying or without donation. It's just that the supporters get to see a longer version or a full version of a video. So some of the videos are like teasers. They can be found on my website, neilcurtis.com. 
And um, this is also where I show more information about what's going on. Like I release new videos there. There will also be links to the advent calendar. And on the website, on my website, you can also find um, links to my um, Instagram and my Twitter slash X uh, account. And yeah, I'm very happy if you just have a look and if you like it and support my work even better, I'm very yeah. happy about that. Depending on how broad-minded your workplace is, this is probably not safe for work. Uh, but, uh, that's due to the uh, the policies in place and not the attitudes towards the art, I am absolutely sure. Only, only if you click on a link. Yes, but uh, you can uh, do it on your phone, personal phone, not a problem. But uh, it's going to be worth checking out. Uh, or you just... <laughs> it's yeah, Charlie. No one, no one will spot it. But uh, Neil, always good to speak to you. Keep up the good work. Keep up the great artwork, and we look forward to seeing what twenty twenty four brings. Yes, thank you very much, and happy Christmas. That's a lot for this week. Thank you so much for joining me back with episode 755 next week. I'll see you then. Good for now. Goodbye from the mill bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the mill bar. Yeah.